Good morning, Hillcrest Church. Hey, what a blessing it is to join you again here this morning. This is Benji and Jessica McNaughton from Transform Our World. We are excited to share with you today and to bring you this message. We want to thank Pastor Steve and the leadership for extending the invitation to us. We feel very honored uh, to join you on this journey of seeing Moose Jaw transform. So we're excited uh, to share this message with you as we begin this series on pre-evangelism, seeing the spiritual climate change, and how one door opens the next. So let's dive in. So let's begin by taking a look at Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. It says this, Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs um, in the midst of wolves. Carry no belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages." Do not keep moving from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. And in verse 9, these are Jesus' words, he says, And heal those in it who are sick, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. So we're going to be looking at this whole subject of changing the spiritual climate. And you're going to see very clearly in a few moments how pivotal this passage of scripture that we just read and the commission that Jesus gave to the 70, not to the 12, but to the 70, uh, how pivotal and vital that was because it it was the beginning of the change of the spiritual climate. So I'd like to uh, draw your attention to some uh, PowerPoint slides on the screen as we look at the broader evidence now of changing the spiritual climate from the book of Luke. Before we get into that, though, there's a couple of key passages here that will help frame the whole topic here today. And in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, we read this. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And then... Uh, So we see that that clearly is the problem. The God of this world, the devil, is blinding the minds and the eyes of people that that don't know the Lord, people that can't see the gospel uh, because they are blinded by the devil. So here's the solution in Acts 26, 17, and 18. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. So that is awesome. Uh, we see as we look at the, uh, the book of Luke that in chapters 1 through 9, there is a very hostile spiritual climate. There is tons of demonic opposition. Uh, things are constantly coming against Jesus. And, the, and it's just a very hostile spiritual climate. However, uh, as we get to the end of chapter 9, we actually see that Jesus reaches a very, very low point. Now, I want you to stay with me for a moment because when we often think about Jesus' interactions with his disciples, we think of all of the things that he taught them and all of the things that he instructed them in. 
But look at what Jesus says to the 12. This is what he says to the 12 in Luke chapter 9, verse 41. He says, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you and put up with you? Uh, wow, that's not very encouraging. We actually see Jesus is really, really reaching a very, very low point. However, uh, we'll get into Luke chapter 10 and you'll see his high point here in a moment. If we go to the second half of uh, the second part of the book of Luke, we see that in chapters 11 through 24, a change has happened and now there's a very favorable spiritual climate. So in 1 through 9, very hostile, tons of demonic opposition coming against Jesus. In 11 through 24, totally a different picture. It's a very favorable spiritual climate. And we want to show you and take you through that here in a moment. So we saw Jesus's low point in Luke 9, 41. He's discouraged. He calls his the 12. He calls the 12 unbelieving and perverted generation. That's amazing that those words came out of Jesus's mouth. So he is really at a low point. To contrast that, we see in Luke 10, 21, a high point of Jesus' ministry. It says in Luke 10, 21, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because what was happening in heaven is now happening on earth. And so he, he, we see the, his low point in Luke 9, 41. We see a high point in 10, 21. Jesus greatly rejoiced. He was full of joy. Now we know that Jesus is joy. We know that this is not the only time that we see that Jesus was, was filled with joy. It is, however, the only time in the Gospels that it specifically refers to Jesus being filled with joy. Hmm, very interesting. So obviously something had happened and something had changed between Luke 9.41 and Luke 10.21. And that brings us to the key passage that we just read now, the turning point, which is Luke chapter 10. So uh, before we go through 1 through 9 like we just did, let's go ahead a little bit to verse 17. It says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then in verse 18, Jesus says, he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's saying, because you did what I told you to do, you brought the devil down. He fell like lightning from heaven. So what was the distinction between 9.41 and 10.21? Well, one of the distinctions is the people that were involved. In Luke chapter 9.41, Jesus reaches that low point and he says those words to the twelve. He says to the twelve disciples, O unbelieving and perverted generation, how long should I put up with you? At the start of chapter 10, we see Jesus is not addressing the twelve. He's addressing the 70, and we don't actually know their names. And we love to point out the fact we don't know their names. They're literally referred to in Scripture, you'll see it there yourself, as the 70. And that gives us hope that uh, Jesus wants to partner with ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. So what does he tell them to do? He says he appointed 70 others, so not the 12. These are 70 new people. And he sent them two by two ahead of himself to every city and place where he himself was going to come. 
So today, we're going to talk all about this for the balance of our time here this morning. Jesus is sending you. He's sending you to your sphere of influence, and he's sending you to the city of Moose Jaw. Why? Because he's coming. He wants to come. He wants to visit Moose Jaw. He wants to move in power and put on display his love and his power and his grace for every person that lives in Moose Jaw today. And so what is he going? What is his plan? He's sending you in advance of him coming. That's awesome. In verse 2, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Here's the second comment. The problem is not a lack of workers. The problem is the laborers are in the wrong place. The laborers are staying inside the barn. And how many know, I know I'm speaking to people that live in a farming community there. Uh, How many of you know the harvest is not in the barn? It doesn't start in the barn. It ends up there usually eventually and eventually on our tables. But the harvest is out in the fields. And so that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want you to go to where the harvest is. Why? So that you can bring it in. And the harvest is plentiful. So Jesus tells them in verse chapter 3, sorry, chapter 10, verse 3, Go your ways. Behold, I'm sending you as lambs in the midst of wolves. That's another interesting point. We won't dive a whole lot into that. But I can imagine Peter or some other vocal disciple from the 70 sitting there going like, hmm, I'm not sure about this, Jesus. You're sending us and you're saying that we are lambs and we're going to go where? We're going to go to the wolves? Hmm, I'm not sure about this. But let's take a look here now at the four things that Jesus instructs the 70 to do and the results that happen, like we said before. So Jesus' four-step strategy begins in verse 5. Luke chapter 10, verse 5. He says, Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. So we like to say as we're talking about prayer evangelism, to change the spiritual climate, it starts with blessing. We bless people. We bless their homes. We bless their workplaces. We be people of blessing so that we release a blessing every time we come into contact with someone. And even if we're not coming in contact with them, we'll talk more about that as well. So number one, we bless. Then in verse seven, Jesus says, stay in that house and eat and drink what they give you. So we fellowship with them. And then in verse 9, the first part, Jesus says, Heal those in it, in that home, who are sick. So we minister to felt needs. So one, we bless. Two, we fellowship. Three, we minister. And then in uh, the fourth part is in uh, verse 9, the second part, saying, Jesus says, And say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. So we call that proclaim. We let people know all this good stuff that's been happening. There's a source of that, and it's Jesus, and he loves you, and we proclaim the gospel. So the process that these 70 did, we are encouraging everybody here listening today to begin to engage in that process yourselves, and it all starts with blessing. We begin by blessing people, by being asking the Lord to give us his heart for them, and that's what's awesome about starting with blessing, because maybe some of you are thinking, I don't know. I don't, I don't, my heart is not like burning with passion to reach out to people and I'm not sure and I have questions. I have concerns. I'm telling you, you can bless. And when you bless, when you bless 
either directly with somebody there in front of you or just quietly in your heart, and it's all blessing, it's all legitimate, when you do that, God will begin to work. He will begin to soften your heart. He will begin to give you his heart for people in your sphere of influence. And all starts with blessing. So we bless, we fellowship, we minister, and then and only then we proclaim. And I think sometimes we've gotten hung up because we begin the process backwards. We, we hear an, a fantastic message by Pastor Steve about evangelism. We say, awesome, Woo! I need to do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. And we start with proclaiming the gospel. And that's not a bad thing. However, I think you and I have experienced enough to know it doesn't work as effectively. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the gospel of Christ. So what needs to happen? We need to see the darkness pushed back, the blinders removed by uh, removing that by practicing pre-evangelism. And this is, if you read the Gospels, you'll see this is the only strategy that Jesus ever taught and said, do one, two, three, four. It's the only place where you, you see Jesus laying out a very specific strategy. And remember, he's telling the 70, you go and do this because I'm coming. And I want you to really receive that today. Jesus is coming to your neighborhood. Jesus is coming to your school campus. Jesus is coming to the city of Moostra. So he's sending you in advance of him coming. So we bless, we fellowship, we minister, and then we proclaim. Let's take a look at a fun little video of us applying this in a restaurant setting. Maybe some of you have seen this before, so it might be a repeat, but you can enjoy it as well. You'll see this process in kind of a fun and lighthearted way uh, take place as we watch this video here now together. Welcome to Becoming the Ecclesia. This is Pray Evangelism 101. And for your first lesson, we've picked the ideal location, a restaurant. Prairie Evangelism is taking what Jesus told the 70 to do in Luke chapter 10 and applying it to everyday situations, like a restaurant. Step one, bless. When you first enter a place, don't just flop down and start feeding your face. Quietly bless the restaurant and the workers and the other customers that are there. Step two, fellowship. Fellowship is one of those fancy Christian words that simply means to chat with, to hang out with, or to get to know someone. And in a restaurant setting, there is an ideal person to try this with. Hi, I'm Steve and I'm gonna be your waiter. Let's give this a shot. Steve, clearly I'm a hipster, so I would like to start with avocado toast. Then I'd like that followed by grass-fed, humanely raised filet mignon. And since I'm on a diet, I would like to conclude with just a regular acai bowl with granola. Dude, this is a pizza place. Alrighty then, large pepperoni please. And here's your pizza. Can I get you anything else? This is a perfect opening to minister. Thanks, Steve. I'm actually gonna pray for God's blessing over the food. Would you like prayer for anything? Well, actually I hurt my back a few weeks ago. Do you think you can pray for that? Absolutely. God is totally in the restoration business. I would love to pray for you. Would you be okay if I pray for you right now? 
Yeah, sure. Lord, I just thank you so much for Steve who needs healing in his back. And I just ask that you would touch him and heal him right now and reveal your love for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoa, I actually felt something when you were praying. This is the fun part. That's what it feels like when God's presence comes close to you. He loves you so much. That was pre-evangelism. It's that simple. The next time I come here to eat, I'll be able to follow up with Steve and reinforce what God is doing. For now though, I've added a little extra something to the tip to bless him. Oh, look, here comes Steve. I think he looks really blessed. Feeling any better? Yeah, thanks again. But I'm afraid there's a problem with your card. Uh, yeah, well, sorry folks, that's all the time we have for today. Remember, pray evangelism works, even when other things don't. So that was just a fun illustrative video to show you how simple it is, how easy it is, and something that can happen in your everyday lives. But I really want to encourage everybody to begin this process, if you haven't already, and if you have begun, continue to do it and to persevere and to not give up. Maybe you've tried to reach out to people that you work with or neighbors and, and you've gotten some kind of a, a discouraging response. I'll tell you a quick example of a friend of ours that we had been talking about pre evangelism and sharing testimonies uh, to encourage them along. They said, hey, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to go for it. We're going to bless our next door neighbors because we've just had a little bit of tension there. So we're going to try to change that narrative a little bit. And so they baked up some brownies and they took them next door and they're like, yes, Benji and Jessica told us to go and bless. We're going to go and bless them. And they went to deliver brownies to them and the people rejected them. And boy, they, they called us and they said, sorry, um, they didn't like the brownies. We tried to bless them and it just didn't work. And we said, well, continue to just pray and persevere and don't give up and don't give up trying. So they just began to pray. And literally, guys, for 40 days, they didn't have any kind of direct interaction with them. And they just prayed and prayed every day. They prayed that God would open the door and that their hearts would be changed, that their hearts towards their neighbors, that they wouldn't get offended and that they would just uh, be able to have some kind of contact that was positive. You know what happened on day 40 of them praying over their neighbors and just blessing? They didn't have any direct engagement with them. On day 40, the next door neighbors that first rejected the brownies showed up with a plate of brownies of their own. It wasn't the old ones. It was brand new ones, freshly baked out of the ovens. And they said, we just wanted to thank you guys for being so kind. And we wanted to say thank you and give you some freshly made brownies. And we were very sorry that we haven't uh, been more friendly towards you. Incredible, an absolute 180 degree, 80 degree turnaround from the situation that had happened. So maybe you said, hey, I've tried this. I tried blessing once, twice, three times, didn't work. Well, I encourage you, persevere, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep blessing. Keep praying for people. Keep smiling. Keep carrying God's love. And maybe you feel like in your heart that God hasn't uh, given you his heart for your neighbors or for your workmates. Begin to pray. Begin to write down their names and pray blessings over them. And I encourage you to do that four times a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and bedtime. And just in praying for them, you will see God begin to work in your heart and, and 
soften your heart and give you his heart for your neighbors and for the people that you work with, for the people that you pass by every day. So we want to encourage you as you begin this process to keep in mind, this is what Jesus instructed the 70 to do. And when they did it, it shifted, it changed the spiritual climate. So much so that Jesus's response to their report was, this is amazing. He greatly rejoiced. What a contrast that after the disciples, the 12 in Luke chapter 9 came to him to say, hey, we need some help. We couldn't cast out this demon. And Jesus goes, oh my goodness, unbelieving and perverted generation. How long can I put up with you? So Jesus, I don't know about you. I want to be, I want to give a a report and see Jesus rejoice and see him smile and see him uh, celebrate. I, I don't want him to cause to be discouraged. So I want to encourage everybody. It begins with blessing. And when we bless, that opens the door for the next step. And, and you'll see that as you uh, incorporate this into your life, and we will encourage you as you're getting going in this process, begin to do something every day to bless. And as you begin to do that, you will see that one step opens the door to the next. When we bless, we get God's heart. The darkness is pushed back and we begin to move forward in this process. All of a sudden, people that have maybe we've been avoiding or have been avoiding us, all of a sudden there's open doors. There's conversations that happen. Don't rush. Don't rush the process. Let the Lord work. Let the Lord continue to soften your heart and continue to push back the blinders that are there. So when we bless, it opens the door to fellowship. Fellowshipping and building that relationship opens the door to people to share their needs. All of a sudden, people are feeling safe around you. They're feeling comfortable sharing problems and difficulties that are going on. Man, that's a great opportunity for you to jump in and say, I'd like to pray for that. And maybe if you're not ready to engage somebody that directly and that intentionally in the moment, you can just write it down. Put a note on your phone or, or on a post-it note and put it on your mirror and say, okay, I'm aware now of a felt need. I'm going to begin to pray because this need, their felt need is what is most important to them. That's their point of pain. And because they've shared it with you, you are now in that place to pray and to ask God to minister to them. And if you're able to physically meet a need that's there, meet that need. Go for it. And as you do that, it opens a door to proclaiming. You will see people will begin to be open. People may start asking questions about your faith or why is it that you're so happy every day or what is what is it that I sense around you? Uh, you know, what what is it? Who were you praying to when you prayed for that situation in my life? So we want to encourage you as you begin this process, it starts with blessing. It starts with, you have to take that first step and say, I'm going to bless. I'm going to do something. And if you're not sure what to do, pray. Pray blessings over the people in your spheres of influence. And that's our friends, our families, and our neighbors or co-work- and or co-workers, okay? Those are the people that you're in regular contact with. So f- make a list of people. It might be two people. It might be 20. But begin to actively bless people with your prayers and pray blessings over them. You can go prayer walking. You can go prayer driving. And just begin to release God's blessing. And know that as you're doing that, God's working in you. 
And God is working, pushing back the darkness and pushing back the blinders. So I'm going to ask Jessica to come now and share some other tangible testimonies. We love to think about this process and think about ourselves being activated in our community and in our neighborhood, that our home is like an embassy and that we are the ambassadors that work out of that embassy. So I'm going to ask Jessica to come now and share some testimonies with you to encourage you and to impart faith to all of you that you will be able to see prayer evangelism take place and see the spiritual climate shift over Moose Jaw and see all the people of Moose Jaw have the opportunity to come to know the Lord. So come on, Jessica. Amen. All right. So Moose Jaw, we love the city of Moose Jaw. We've been to Moose Jaw multiple occasions and you are all Hillcrest and Moose Jaw. You're up on our prayer wall. So as we think and pray for Moose Jaw, we get excited and we're so blessed by the leadership of Hillcrest to organize this intentional teaching on prayer evangelism. And I want to share with you something that super, super excites us about Moose Jaw. You guys have an advantage. So Benji and I are very blessed to share with churches and cities from all over the world. But you guys have an advantage. And you know what it is? It's your amazing population. We looked it up and latest figures show the population of Moose Jaw is around 35,000 people. And you know what's awesome? That's an advantage. It is very, very doable for every person in your city to be adopted in prayer. So we know there are at least 350 believers in Moose Jaw. Maybe there's 350 people represented at Hillcrest who love the Lord and who desire to see the Great Commission fulfilled. And what we love about prayer evangelism is it breaks it down into a bite size of saying, what is my sphere of influence? I'm going to adopt it in prayer and I'm going to pray. So if we take the population of 35,000 and we think 350 believers adopting 100 neighbors in prayer, the city is covered in prayer. Things change when a city is saturated in prayer. So you might think, wow, 100 people is a lot to adopt. But you know what? It really isn't. What we've done is as we have adopted our neighborhood in prayer, we look at the map of our neighborhood and we go one, two, maybe three blocks out. And you start doing an inventory of how many people live in each house or how many stores are represented in your neighborhood. You're going to hit 100 pretty soon. And as you adopt those people in prayer, you have that intentionality to say, Lord, I'm your ambassador. As your ecclesia, I represent you here in this neighborhood and when you adopt something it gets personal and maybe at first you don't have God's heart for your neighborhood and that's okay because that is a prayer he is going to want to answer is you be honest with the Lord and say okay Lord here I am I want to adopt my neighborhood in prayer to see transformation come so your kingdom can come and those who live around me can hear the good news of your love and of your saving grace and power. And so as we adopt our neighborhoods in prayer, we start with prayer walking. You'll hear us talk a lot about it. We prayer drive. I think um, Karen has even posted or shared a video that we demonstrate how easy and fun it is to prayer drive or to prayer walk. And that's something that we can all do because we're driving in and out of our neighborhoods all the time. But when we do it with the intentionality of understanding, power and blessing. A hand of blessing beats a hand of curses. And that's what Luke 10 does. And I think because 
we use the phrase, oh, God bless you. Or if someone sneezes, we say, bless you. I feel like we we diminish the power of what a blessing is. Because in the spirit realm, a blessing is powerful. And it pushes back the darkness. Hand of blessing beats a hand of curses. So as we bless our neighborhood, we never want to get familiar with that. And we never want to get, you know, tired or weary of blessing. Because it, you know, we've lived in neighborhoods where we bless and prayer walked and prayer drive for years and saw no changes. But you know what? Our prayers are making a difference because there is a battle in the heavenly realms. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit to pray, speak peace, to bless, as we learn in Luke 10, and as the Lord opens doors to fellowship and meet felt needs, when that spiritual climate shifts, we have had so many instances of people saying, without us even having to offer the gospel, say, what must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. You know God. How can I meet God? That's when you know the spiritual climate has changed. Maybe you're more shy like me. And in the past, like the thought of cold call evangelism was intimidating where we just knock on the door and hit them cold turkey with the gospel. Um, that's very hard to do <laughs> for someone like me who's more shy. But also, we've never really had good fruit with that because the spiritual climate hasn't shifted. And as Benji described, the spiritual climate through after Luke 10, when the 70 went out, there's a shift. And that is why prayer walking and adopting our neighborhoods in prayer is so important because persistence in prayer yields tremendous fruit. I'm sure you've heard us share many times. One of the definitions we love to share about prayer evangelism is prayer evangelism is talking to God about our neighbors before we talk to our neighbors about God. And that is a lot. Like we said, start with saying, Holy Spirit, please give me your heart for my neighbors. And keep praying that prayer because I know that's a prayer he wants to answer because the Lord, the word says he is desiring that none should perish. And when we partner with his heart, he is looking for those he can partner with. And what you've heard us say many times, it is so fun to serve the Lord. It is so fun to partner with him and to be his hands and feet and to be on call for him because he's so worthy. And those around us who don't know the Lord, who haven't gotten to experience his light and love yet are desperately longing for that. But like Benji shared, Luke 10 tells us that enemy has blinded their eyes. So step one, adopt your neighborhood in prayer if you haven't. And if you have already, don't grow weary. Up it. Let's go. One thing we love to do is print a map of our neighborhood. Put it on our fridge. Put it on your prayer wall. And ask the Lord for his heart for your neighbors. And as you get to know their names, put the names on that list. You could bless them by name or bless them by house number or bless them by description. Another thing we like to do is get the local crime report for the neighborhood. If you don't have that, I'm sure your city can provide it. Or I know two of Musha's finest with my same last name attend that church. So maybe they could hook you up with the local crime report of your neighborhood. But when you adopt something in prayer and you get God's heart for it, it gets personal. So when we look at those crime reports, our hearts break for that. But you know what I love about crime reports? They show us how to pray. They show us some needs in the neighborhood. And so we get that and we get intentional with Holy Spirit to pray and to intercede for our neighborhoods. So that is something. And don't curse the darkness. Identify the darkness. Because darkness is the absence of light. Mm -hmm. And as we get to carry the light of Christ, that's our clue as to where to go and shine it. When we prayer walk, when we speak peace, when we're driving by and praying. And understand that the greater the sin, the greater the grace. And so when you adopt your neighborhood in prayer, it gets personal when people criticize it or say, oh, that's where 
this happens or that area is known for this. And you say, well, that's not what God says about this neighborhood. This neighborhood is blessed. And you know what? There might be some sin, but that means we qualify for extra grace. Amen. And once you get God's heart, you really get that ownership. When we're prayer walking and we see litter, we pick it up because it's personal. We've adopted this neighborhood in prayer and we get God's heart. And I can tell you what, the more you're prayer walking or the more that you're out in the community, it becomes so natural to get to know others and to hear felt needs. Felt needs that we can offer to meet or felt needs we can offer to pray for. Now, I want to share something. I love Canada and I love Canadians. I think it's evidenced by I married one. One thing I know about Canadians and the world knows, Canadians are the nicest people on the planet. I can attest to this. I've traveled the nations. Yay, and Canada. it is true. It is not a stereotype. It is true. Canadians are nice. I married one. They're very, very nice. Um, however, I find sometimes when we talk to Canadians, go, oh, yes, we're very nice. We bless people. We're kind. And that is true. But what I don't want you to confuse is that when you are practicing prayer evangelism and you are blessing and speaking peace, it's not just being kind like you guys have in your DNA, which flows naturally, which is amazing. It is literally a spiritual transaction. So don't underestimate or don't downplay, well, we're already nice or we're already blessed. But when you speak peace and mm -hmm. you bless, understand. And again, we don't make it weird. We don't go up to our neighbors and go, we bless you. No, <laughs> that's not what we do. We always say, don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. But don't underestimate that you're already nice from being understanding that a prayer of blessing and a prayer of peace is actually that. pushing back the darkness. <laughs> it is actually removing blinders on eyes and earplugs on ears that are hindering those from hearing the good news of the gospel. And as you fellowship and as you go about intentionally saying, thank you, Lord, as I go to the store, Holy Spirit, I go with you. I'm on call. If there's anyone I can bless, if there's anyone I can pray for, if there's anyone I can encourage, Lord, I'm on call. And when we go with that intentionality, the Lord opens doors. Mm -hmm. So recently we had a, a cashier that we had adopted in prayer. And so we tried to purposely get into his lane. And he starts sharing how he's, his wife is pregnant and they're having their first baby. And he's so overwhelmed because they don't have any family in the area. They don't have any baby supplies. He's worried about the cost of diapers. And we're like, ding, 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 felt need. So not only did we say, hey, Jonathan, we're going to pray for you. Um, we said, what is, you know, do you know if it's a boy or do you girl? Do you have a theme? Um, so he starts sharing that. And we said, well, we want to bless you. And we brought back the next day some diapers. We had so many people donate baby clothes and extra diapers and extra things. And we got to come and bless him and his wife with just like a basic baby shower supply, just from our friends and family going, oh my gosh, I have extra brand new bottles. I have this, I have that. And this guy got to encounter the love of the Lord just by his felt needs being met. And it opened the door to him asking, why would you do this? And we got to say, because Jesus loves you. Yes. And he said, who's Jesus? And we got to introduce him to his creator. And it's been the most amazing experience. So we always say, speak peace and follow the trail. Bless and follow the trail and listen and obey and partner with the Lord. You know, as we seek first God's kingdom, he provides everything we're needing. We didn't have all the baby supplies to bless Jonathan and his family, but you know what? With our friends and family and our community, in an instant, the call went out and God provided. And that's what is so amazing to partner with the Lord and to work as a team to say, you know what? We want to shine God's light here in our city. So simple things like in Benji's video, offering to pray for the waiters. 
we I can't remember ever a waiter saying no. They've always said, you would pray for me? You want to pray for me? And just to bless is so fun. And people are hurting people are needing now more than ever we just there's such a cry to know is there hope is there god and when we can have god's heart to dispense his love it changes everything so we're going to set up a video really quick that shows um, our daughter doing an event we love to do which is um this we filmed it during uh the shutdown when only restaurants and drive through were open and we said lord who can we bless and one of the ways we decided to bless the kids would say hey we want to use some of our money to pay for the car behind us in the drive through and so here you're going to see our daughter melanie setting up what we did last year during the shutdown and it's something that that our kids and now their friends love to do on Friday nights. They love to go out sign waving, just writing notes of encouragement that they wave on the corner to encourage people driving by. They also love to pay for cars in the drive-through. And that is something that's a tangible way to bless. And here's a video that just shows how fun that can be. If you're from California or have ever, ever visited here, then you know that In-N-Out is a super fun place to eat. And we are currently in the drive through line right now. And one of the ways we like to ambush people with the blessing is we pay for the meal behind us as an intentional act of kindness. Hey, listen, um, we're doing this crazy random act of kindness. Where we'd like to pay for the person behind us for their meal. Can you help us out with that? All right. <laughs> okay. We'll take care of it. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. We made up a little note. Would you be able to pass it to him so he knows what we're doing? Cool. Thanks, man. Oh my goodness, it was so fun to see the young teenage man behind us get so blown away as the cashier told him that his meal had been paid for and he read the note that we gave him. He waved and we waved back and it was so amazing to see him so blessed and blown away. So that is something you can do and you can do as a family. It's something our kids and actually their friends and all their teenage friends love to do and join into. It's just a practical, tangible way to bless. And so many times as we, you know, we're in the drive through line, we look in the rear view mirror and we go, okay, let's start blessing this person. Whatever they're going through today, let's just start blessing, blessing, blessing them. And then by the time that they realize their meal has been paid for, they are blown away. And then many times it starts just a domino effect of them wanting to bust a car behind them. And it's so fun. Now, something that is a hot topic today, another idea where we've upped our game of blessing is buying five to $10 gas gift cards. Right now, that is the biggest felt need. We're not sure what prices are like there in Mushar, but here it is, everyone's stressed about rising gas prices. And you know, even you know, as believers, thank God that we are not affected by man's inflation because that doesn't affect God's supply. And when we can bless others with maybe a five or $10 gas gift card, that has been the biggest felt need that blows 
people away and just to say hey we want to give you a gift card for your gas and just say you're awesome and you're loved and you're needed and just start blessing them with words of affirmation that opens the door for sure and that opens opportunity for praying but ask the holy spirit say holy spirit what can i do today because mm -hmm. we can all do something today yeah. we're all already deployed all over our cities but when we go with that intentionality and activation and partnering with the holy spirit listening obeying and doing the kingdom of god be manifest and what we always say is listen obey and do because obedience is success so listen with the holy spirit partner with him and follow the trail it's an amazing journey Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jessica. So let's take a moment, just briefly go back to Luke chapter 10. And remember at the very start, Jesus says, ask of the Lord to send the harvest into the harvest the fields. <laughs> send the workers into the harvest fields. And that is all of you. You are his mm -hmm. workers. So you've had this time of encouragement, of equipping, and now it's time for you and all of us to go into the harvest field, into our spheres of influence. And so as we bring the message to a close, we want to pray a prayer of impartation, asking the Lord to supernaturally anoint you yeah. to bless. Yeah. Take that first step. And I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to hold all of you accountable to this. Do something in the first 24 hours after you've heard yes. this message. Take that first step, but activate. Activate uh, this prayer that we're going to pray right now. Take action on it in the first 24 hours. Mm. Because we have seen as, as people begin to do that, it begins the process. And remember, we are going for changing the spiritual climate over 35,000 people in your community. That's the objective. We want to see the spiritual climate change, and we want to see 35,000 people have the opportunity to come to know the Lord as we pray for them and as we bless them. And so we want to encourage you to receive this impartation now that we pray. It's mm -hmm. going to come from the Holy Spirit. Yes. We are just the vessels yep. to release it uh, to you. But we want to also to encourage you to have hope for your sphere yeah. of influence. And maybe there's neighbors or work, uh, people in the workplace or people in schools where you just go, boy, it'll be really, really tough for them to come into mm -hmm. the kingdom. Start by blessing. And let's ask the Lord now to supernaturally Amen. anoint us with the yes. Holy Spirit to go for it, okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time in your presence and this time in your word. Mm. And now, Lord, we pray, Lord, just as you sent out the 70, Lord, we ask that you would send us out ahead of you because you are coming to Moose Jaw. Lord, you are coming to our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and our school campuses, and to our spheres of influence, and you're sending us to go in advance of you, Lord, to bless and to fellowship and to minister and proclaim. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you now for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon your people. And I pray, Father God, for every person here today, Lord, that you will anoint them supernaturally to bless. Lord, that you will release more of your heart, God, for those that are lost, for those that don't know you, that don't have relationship with you, Lord. We ask you now, in Jesus' name, give us your heart for the people that don't know you in our city and in our communities. Yes. Give us your heart, Lord God. Let our heartbeat be your heartbeat in us, God, in the name of Jesus. 
So, Father, release your anointing upon your people now and bless them and anoint them to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, we agree together right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now I got some homework for you. And Pastor Steve, you're going to have to help me here with your people, okay? (laughs) I want to encourage you, take the first step within 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And I would encourage you, do it even faster than that. Do it on your way home from church here today. Maybe you're going out to a restaurant, practice blessing. Right as you walk into the restaurant, Lord, we bless Mm -hmm. this restaurant. We bless the workers here. Maybe the Lord will lead you to pray for your waiter or your waitress. As you head home, take an extra 10 seconds before going in through the front door or through the garage. Say, Lord, bless my neighborhood. Lord, bless my community. Bless this place where I live. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done here in Jesus' name. We're excited to hear what God is doing in Moose Jaw. We look forward to hearing uh, more and more reports as you go for changing the spiritual climate. So in the name of Jesus, we bless you and we release you now to go for it in Jesus' name.